Welcome back to the Hungry for Success podcast. I'm your host, Michael Phelps. On this episode of the podcast, we did things a little differently. I sat down with my wife, Brittany Phelps, and uh, she helped me tell my story because I was having trouble putting it into words. Um, Brittany's been with me pretty much from the start of my uh, fitness and health journey. She's seen my struggles. Uh, She's seen what worked for me and what hasn't. And she's been a major factor in my success. So I thought it was really cool to be able to podcast with her and put this thing together. I uh, really hope you guys like it. Make sure that you uh, go to our Instagram, Hungry for Success Podcast. Give that a follow and stay up to date. So with that said, here it is. I hope you enjoy it. Britt, what's up? Not a whole lot. Just here, ready to ruin your podcast in one episode. Are you excited about your first podcast? I'm I'm excited. I'm a little nervous, but, you know, just doing you solid and helping you out by interviewing you so you can tell your story. Yeah, so I have some trouble telling my own story in my own words, so I thought who better to help me tell it than the person who's been here for most of it and helped me the most along the way. So today is Brittany is going to be interviewing me tables are kind of turned here yeah so i mean this is a pretty big deal for me my first ever interview and i get to interview michael phelps the one and only yeah what was that like for you whenever michael phelps won all those gold medals like 15 years ago or so did your life just change that day you know you became a household name were all the girls sliding into your myspace dms or whatever we had back then well, there was definitely not any girls sliding into my MySpace DMs, but uh, things definitely did change in that every time I say my name, people get a smirk, and they make some kind of comment and then say, bet you never heard that before, but uh, I have. I've heard that before every time. <laughs> I know my family was pretty bad, like it took like I think a good two years before they quit with the Michael Phelps jokes. It's I'm pretty painful. Still not sure they've completely quit. <laughs> I think that's fair. Well, Michael, uh, do you want to jump in and tell us about how you got started and made some big changes with your life? Yeah, so for any of the listeners who don't know, um, I've lost somewhere right around... 130 pounds um and my story really starts honestly from childhood i have been overweight my entire life Uh, i think i graduated high school at just a little over 300 pounds and you know when i think about where that comes from and how that happened is i think it's a little bit um my environment and also a little bit genetics i don't want to blame my heavy weight on genetics but when you look at my entire family almost everyone is overweight extended family the whole nine yards right and so genetics have to have a little bit to play with it but also when i say my environment i came from a small town in kentucky where you know there's not a whole foods on every corner there's not even a health food store in our town so you know the lack of that kind of uh, education and options combined with the genetics and um, you know honestly maybe a little bit of my parents not knowing any better uh, led me to me becoming overweight Um, and obviously later on in life that was definitely my decision and over the long over the long haul I had become okay with being overweight, obviously. I was kind of the chubby, funny kid all growing up, and I got used to that. That became the person I was. I was, I would make fun of myself so that to make other people laugh, and then they couldn't make fun of me because there was nothing I wasn't willing to say to myself. And that carried on pretty much my entire life. When I got to high school, being overweight really worked out for me because I played football, offensive lineman, and 
the more I weighed, the more I could lift, the more I could push people around, that sort of thing. Uh, it was to my benefit. But then graduating high school and going to college, it did not. You know, there wasn't really a need for me to be 300 pounds anymore. And that was, you know, that was a struggle for me. And so I decided to lose some weight. And there in my freshman year, I did lose about 70 pounds um, just going to the gym, trying to make the right decisions in the cafeteria, dining hall, whatever you want to call it. And I was successfully able to lose that 70 pounds, but then there I wasn't keeping it off. I kind of got into partying and drinking and doing the whole thing, gained the freshman or sophomore 15, which turned into the freshman 50. And uh, I got much bigger, got up to around 280 pounds. And, um, yeah, and it just kind of progressed from there until the point where uh, I met you. And then I got into a accident after that in college. And after that, I was probably like a low point in my life. I was, I moved away from you to do an internship about six hours away. And when I did, I was by myself trying to get my master's degree, working all the time. And it turned into, I would go to work, come home smash large pizza while working on a paper and then the next thing I know I'm about 350 pounds and that's when I got to my heaviest. So when you were in that place what was kind of your wake-up call like what drove you to decide to change your lifestyle? So I was having a lot of problems with uh, my sleep so like falling asleep at a stoplight while I was driving some got to a point where in my opinion it was pretty dangerous especially because I was on the road a lot for my job so I decided to go see a doctor about the possibility of having sleep apnea and she really put it in perspective for me Uh, you know the basic thing was you know you're 25 years old 350 pounds your blood pressure is right on the borderline of being high, going towards being a diabetic. Um, and all those numbers, like, just were not good. So, I mean, she just told me, basically, like, if you keep up this lifestyle, you are not going to be around very long. And that was really my wake-up call. But also, at that same time, you yourself have always been pretty into eating healthy, exercising, working out, and I had done it before, and so it was kind of a combination of those whole things, really realizing like, hey, you know, I have someone here that I want to be here for, I know how to do this, and I can make this change, and I have someone here to support me, and that was just, it was the right time for me to make the change at that point. So I think back to that time, and that was around like 2014, you would say? Yeah. Um, and like, I think both of our lifestyles actually looked a lot different than they do today. So what was kind of your first thing that you did to change what you were doing to see some new results? So I knew the first thing that I had to do was get the nutrition, uh, controlled. So I think it was, I think you encouraged me to try the 21 day fix, which really helped me learn some portion controls. I, I don't I don't eat that way now. There's nothing wrong with eating that way, but it is like a series of containers that are different sizes for different uh, types of food. So one size for protein, one size for carbs, one size for fats, and you get a certain amount of each size container depending on your height and weight. Um, I did that and I was like really shocked at first to, to realize the sizes of the portions that I was eating before and realizing how much I should have been eating. And that was the first thing that I did that really set me on the right path. Yeah, I remember, like, I remember doing the 21-day fix with you. And what really sticks out to me um, 
that was successful about doing that was it really cut out a lot of the junk that you kind of depend on to keep you full throughout the day because you're really focusing on getting those like the vegetables and the fruits and the protein containers for the whole day and it it doesn't allow you to have that that snack food yeah and i hate vegetables so uh that was like probably the biggest change in my diet was going from literally zero vegetables a day going from cheeseburgers and french fries to eating you know like a can of green beans and whatever else um that was one of definitely probably the biggest change in my diet do you think that that helped you change your palate a little bit doing that yeah being used to eating all those foods as i mean you could call them junk foods being used to eating that like it's hyper palatable you want to eat and eat and eat consume them and then when you get used to eating green beans and broccoli and all this stuff all the time you almost get to where you want that and it really does change when you cut that stuff out Mm -hmm. no that makes sense so what about um exercise like i feel like you weren't necessarily exercising every day so how did you kind of get back into fitness and incorporating that into your everyday yeah so i wasn't we were living apart then and i had two roommates who really helped me uh one of them was a uh we had went to the same college and he had been a um, college football player and we really related on you know that kind of stuff that type of lifting and he encouraged me to go to the gym with him so we started going to the gym every day after work the ymca was literally in the parking lot and we would just go over there after work get a lift in that he programmed and then I would hit cardio on the elliptical Mm -hmm. afterwards and that's kind of what like sparked my love for lifting again I've always had that as like one of my passions but it is something that's really easy to get away from because you have to make time for it and you need to be dedicated Um, but having him as an accountability partner and him pushing me you know he was really the catalyst to getting back in the gym and making those changes. So you're in Finley, you started eating healthy, you started working out every day. Um, you know, how, what, what success did you see from that and how did that motivate you to keep going? So I quickly started losing weight. Um, I mean, not like falling off, but when you're that big and you're, you're just doing anything weight is coming off and so I mean pretty quickly I you know I'd lost 20 pounds I went and bought a scale I started weighing myself every single day which I still do to this day Um, and then I think one of the most important things is I started seeing progress in the gym I went from you know being able to bench whatever to increasing that by 20 pounds I went, got on the elliptical. I was able to do, instead of 10 minutes at first, I was able to do 30 minutes. And then I was able to beat, you know, my amount of steps or whatever on there. And really, I'm a person with an addictive personality. So I always want to try to beat myself from before, whether that's in video games or horseshoes or, you know, losing weight or getting on the treadmill and how far I can go. Um, so once that started, it was pretty intense from there. Um, do you remember what things you did, um, to set yourself up for success in your day-to-day life? Yeah, it's pretty much those things that I still do today. So you set yourself up by being prepared. One thing that I did there was that's a little different than I do now is I didn't meal prep as much there because we had a cafeteria in our work um, that had healthy options every day so you could get some sort of grilled chicken or uh, a sweet potato something like that that you could really set a diet plan around Um, but then I was prepping my breakfast and dinner and still today I prep out all my meals uh, except for my cheat meal on Saturday really um But then also, you know, I would pack my stuff for the gym, have my work clothes ready. That way we could get up, you know, go to work, go straight to the gym. All those things, just uh, being prepared, setting my, preparing myself to succeed and not uh, failing to plan. 
So you definitely gave yourself the tools you needed to be successful in learning to eat healthier, getting a good routine down at the gym, um, you know, just going with those healthy options in your day-to-day. But what drove you to say, I want to lose 100 pounds? Because that's like a really crazy goal, um, and it's kind of an in- in- intimidating number. So how did you do that? Like, where, how did you get to the 100 pounds lost? At first, I never even thought about it like, hey, I'm going to lose 100 pounds. I just knew that I needed to lose some weight. And honestly, I feel like I'm a little different from some people in that I didn't set, like I didn't set out to lose 100 pounds. I just set out to lose some weight. And once I started losing the weight and gaining some traction, then I was like, he just kind of clicked like, hey, I could really do this. Um, and I was like, I do want, then I decided I wanted to lose a hundred pounds. I was like, you know, I'm this strong. I work out all the time. Imagine what my body would look like at 250 pounds instead of 350. And from then on that goal, goals like that can be really, um, they can be scary. You think you'll never hit them. They'll be overwhelming. Right. So then I had to break it down into smaller goals. I would say, you know, by Christmas, I want to lose 20 pounds or by whatever event that we had, I want to lose 10 pounds. Um, I just set smaller goals. Sometimes those goals were five and sometimes those goals were 20, just depending on what event I set it at and how motivated I thought I would be to hit it. And, you know, but then I also, a lot of, this is where I think a lot of people go wrong is, so they'll set a, a goal to lose 20 pounds but then they don't have an action plan associated with that. So for me, it's like, I want to lose 20 pounds. I'm going to get 10,000 steps a day plus stick to my meal prep um, for a month or for two months or whatever it is. Um, so having that action plan associated with your goals is major. Yeah, I definitely think that is something that people um, kind of, they get overwhelmed with the process and they don't sit down and make those smaller goals to help them get there. Um, so what do you think, what would you say to the people who are kind of the haters along the way? You know, I think that, um, I watched you, you got really strict for a while on your diet and your exercise. Um, and you started saying no to things that you normally wouldn't. And you had a a bunch of people who thought you were crazy along the way so let's talk about that and how you kind of persevered through that yeah so one of my favorite things to do is go out and eat and drink and have fun with my friends and when you go to a point where you're saying no more times than you're saying yes um people you know don't like that it's it's change and don't get me wrong, like all my friends have been very supportive, but it is a big change and some people thought I might have been being a little extreme. But the deal is, if you have a hundred pounds to lose, that's pretty extreme. That hundred pounds set you sets you up for um, heart disease, diabetes, all this kind of stuff. So it's worth six months, seven months, eight months, a year, whatever price you have to pay to be extreme and if that hurts someone's feelings if they stop being your friend then they weren't your friend in the first place um but that didn't happen to me all my friends have been super supportive um from the start and i couldn't have done it without them but if someone is willing to lose your friendship because you're trying to better yourself i mean good riddance in in my opinion um you know you are the company you keep so make sure you keep good company because your goals and you, your health at the end of the day should be number one. So I think, um, you know, watching you over the years, there's definitely been a couple of times where I feel like you may have like kind of fallen off the wagon. I don't know if that's the best term. I don't feel like that actually describes it because I don't ever feel like you've went back to where you were before. Um, but how did you motivate yourself to get back on track on the times you kind of did deviate a little bit? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm five plus years in at this point. And so there's been times where 
I wouldn't say falling off the wagon either. I would say like lost focus probably Mm -hmm. because I've never completely stopped working out. I've never completely stopped watching what I eat. Like it's always been in my mind. Um, but I can't say that I've always been a hundred percent focused. And I think the thing that has helped me the most is finding, uh, something that I'm passionate about. So originally it was lifting weights and I mean, it's still pretty much is. Um, so I really love doing that activity and I'm not always on a hundred percent of lifting, but when I am lifting and I'm going in the gym and I'm getting after it, that encourages me to eat better because I know like if I want to hit this big squat or if I want to get to a certain body fat percentage, I have to fuel my body appropriately with my nutrition. So going out and eating a whole box of donuts doesn't help me accomplish those goals. So I think one of the things that I would tell everyone is if you can find a passion of yours or something that you really enjoy that's physical and then use that to help motivate you nutritionally and physically, then that'll help you a lot along the road. Um, But also from a mindset perspective, if I get off track, um, the best thing for me to do is I look at pictures of where I used to be and see how far I've come. And I know that I don't want to go back to that person mentally and physically. I fully believe that I'm a different person from this journey and there was nothing wrong with that person before, but that is not, I've evolved and that's not the person I want to be now. I, I mean, I completely agree. Uh, and that's something that I really wanted to touch base with because, um, looking back at, you know, when I met you, when I was 20 years old, um, and now we're almost 30, um, you are completely different. Like you have a different lifestyle, you different things you do on your day to day. Um, so what's been like the most surprising thing, not like exercise or fitness wise that you've really grown to, um, appreciate from changing your lifestyle? The biggest thing definitely has to be my confidence. I don't have to be the funny fat guy anymore who makes fun of his weight to like be accepted into a group. I still do find myself funny and oh god and that's that is still my my thing I would say but I'm not making fun of myself, you know. Yeah. Um and it doesn't have to be other people making fun of you to drive down your confidence. Making fun of yourself hurts just as bad, really. Um, but also, you know, this is a weird thing and I've talked to some other people who have been overweight. I feel like people respect me more when they look at me because I'm not overweight before. And this could just have been in my mind. Um, but other people have said the same thing before when someone looked at me and I was 350 pounds, like I feel like they just thought like, well, look at that lazy son of a bitch. He's just, you know, he doesn't do anything but sit on the couch and eat Cheetos when, I mean, really, I was like, I was somewhat active. I was going to school. Like I was, I was killing it in other parts of my life, but my health was not one of them. I was killing Mm -hmm. myself, not killing it. And now I have that confidence to really just do anything. I mean, I think you can attest to this. Like now I love doing hard stuff. I mean, if it's like a hard physical challenge or even a mental challenge, um, with my career, like, I jump in and go for it. And sometimes I even overcommit myself. I mean, like a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to you about trying to learn another language on top of the other 30 things I'm doing. Yeah. I had to quickly put a stop to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But confidence is definitely the big, the biggest thing that I've gained through this journey. And it's really helped me in all parts of my life. Like I think it's helped our relationship. I think it's helped, uh, me in my career, um, in my friendships with people, everything really. Yeah. I like to joke and say you're overconfident on the day to day, but, um, I do appreciate the confidence that you've gained, um, throughout this process. Yeah. She says I'm overconfident cause I am super stoked when I scoop out the right amount of peanut butter. Listen, whatever makes you happy, you, you do you. I'm not the only one here that likes to do hard things either. What are you trying to say? 
I'm trying to say Brittany signed up for a marathon right before COVID, trained for it, and COVID shut it down. So instead of feeling sorry for herself and not doing anything, she got up one morning and ran 26 miles and finished a marathon. Well, if we're going to be honest, I did feel sorry for myself when it got canceled. (laughs) You did feel sorry for yourself, but you put that aside and you did the hard thing and ran 26 miles by yourself with just a couple people cheering for you. Well, I did I did complete the marathon. Um I really think that part of it was all the weeks of training that I put in, like actual tears one day <laughs> while I was <laughs> running. Um but then on top of it, they were going to send me my medal and my bib in the mail, and I didn't know what I would do receiving it in the mail. I was like, would I just throw it away? I can't hang it with my other race medals if I didn't actually run the race, you know. So I did it. I don't necessarily regret it, but I would not recommend it to anyone. Um, I was training for a half marathon with some of my friends um, for the fall, and, you know, we were naive thinking that a lot of this COVID stuff might be over by then. And they're like, well, are we still going to run the virtual half marathon? Um, if it gets canceled and I was like, no, and neither are you, you should not do that. You should just wait until we can run races again. So how hard was it running by yourself as opposed to in a race? Um, it was hard, but you know, we had, I had some good fans show up with some race signs, um, some pretty good friends who were supportive and that actually made the, the world of difference. And you running the last five miles with me definitely helped, helped get me across the finish line. So. Yeah, it was a strange day, but it was definitely worth it. I could see how proud of yourself that you were when you finished it. Yeah, and I think it's just one of those things that I never thought I could do it. Um, but I I just one day was like, you know what? I've done so many half marathons now. Like, there's really no reason that I could not do a full other than me telling myself I can't. Yeah, and so similar to me, that has to give you the confidence that, like I'm talking about, right? I mean... I can look back and say, I've lost 100 pounds. I can I can overcome this obstacle in front of me. Mm-hmm. If I can do that, I can do this. So for you, if you can go out on a regular day and run 26 miles for your first time, you can surely get out of bed and go to the gym. You know, like if yeah. you think about it that way, that's the kind of confidence that I was talking about earlier. And that's how you can use it to power yourself. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I think that most people don't realize like you know you don't you are in the way of your own success a lot of times it's you telling yourself that you can't do something um you know like a lot of people are like well I've I'm overweight everyone in my family's overweight like I mean I I was one of those people for my my entire life I was just like I just got the short end of the sticks genetic wise I'm not meant to be a smaller person I will always be like this but that's not the right mindset you need to be in like there's really nothing stopping you from doing anything that you want to do um so it's just something that you know you've definitely embraced because i i mean i think that you were definitely one of those people like like me growing up who this is what you know this is what you've seen um you know this is this is you for the rest of your life and you know you definitely overcame that yeah i mean it's all in what you accept you know, mm-hmm. I I said this earlier, I think, but like I had accepted myself at that weight, and I, so that's where I stayed until I decided this is not what I want. You know, and then it's literally as simple. I, I mean, I hate saying this because it seems so hard, but it's literally as simple as putting one foot in front of the other and just doing it. I mean, you lay on the couch and it's or and it's five o'clock after work, and you just want to take a nap for an hour. And it's as simple as just doing it. Put one foot in front of the other, get up, and go do go do the work. Go put in the work. So if you could go back in time um, to the Michael at the beginning of this journey and tell him one thing that maybe, like, would expedite your fitness journey, what would that be? That's a difficult question because 
I honestly don't know that I would go back and tell him anything. Not the person who made the decision to start because like the lessons I've learned along the way are like truly mean more to me than, you know, than losing a hundred pounds. Like, because mm -hmm. those lessons are like, what's, what has kept, kept it off for five years. If I could go back to the Michael, you know, 10 years ago, mm -hmm. you know, five years before this journey and slap him in the face and tell him to get his ass off the couch and, and take care of himself, yeah. make himself a priority then I would do that because, you know, it was about priorities. I didn't make myself and my health a priority. I made going to school a priority, being athletic, drinking, having a good, good friends, all those things, I made them more of a priority than myself. So, you know, I really embrace the hard lessons I've learned along the way. I've done a lot of things wrong. I've done, I've done low carb keto all these different things and i've done them the wrong way like just eating energy drinks and smashing cheese you know not eating healthy foods i've made all this kind of thing or all this kind of mistakes but overall i'm glad i did because i've learned from them so you know you talked about how you've you've done a lot of different things um like diet and exercise wise throughout the last few years to get to where you are now how did you know each time it was time to move on to the next? You know, it was kind of just a feeling, and it's a little different between the diet and exercise. So with the diet, it was to the point I was burnt out, right? Mm -hmm. With, um, or also it was to the point I was gaining weight. So with the diet, all diets work. You just have to figure out what works for you what works for your lifestyle, that kind of thing. And some of them just didn't work for my lifestyle. Like keto, for example, I mean, overall, it pretty much does. But like I said, one of my favorite hobbies is going out with you and our friends, uh, having some beers, eating some chicken wings and some french fries. And that is harder to do on keto because not everywhere is keto friendly. And beer is most certainly not keto friendly. <laughs> so it just it didn't really go with my lifestyle in that way yeah i uh, was not a fan of the keto diet <laughs> <laughs> but but it did work for me in other ways like you know carbs are what i struggle with the most so being able to completely cut them out not have that temptation did make me probably the most successful of any diet um, because I can really stick to meat and vegetables and fats and be completely fine. But it didn't work in the long run. And I just knew that because I'd got to a weight I wanted to get to and I wasn't enjoying myself how I had before. So that I just knew then when I was unhappy that it was time to make a change. And then, you know, over this time, I've become more and more aware of my diet, more and more aware of myself and my struggles, and I'm able to give myself more leeway, and I don't have to be on something as strict as a keto to be successful. Well, what would you say your biggest non-skill victory has been? It's probably... Running the half marathon? Yeah, maybe. That's probably did the most for my confidence was mm -hmm. running a half marathon because it's something that I really never thought I could do. You know, and another one that is probably just as important is the first day that I walked into the jujitsu gym because that's really been that's really been a huge passion of mine since I found it. And I can tell you this, like Michael at three hundred and fifty pounds would not have walked in that gym. Because I would have been terrified that I would have been out of breath, overweight, um, couldn't have fit into a gi or whatever that they had. Uh, all those things would have went through my mind, and I wouldn't have gone. But there are people at your gym who, like, are... Yeah, I mean, there are people that I have trained with that are overweight. They do it to lose weight. Yeah. All those types of things. And you could have done it, or I could have done it, and mm -hmm. they would have been fine. They would have been super accepting, like it's a community, yeah. and they want people there like that. They yeah. encourage them to get better. But 
what I'm saying is I personally in my confidence level would have been terrified to yeah. go. And that's why I say it's a big non-scale victory because since I had lost the weight and built that confidence by doing things like going to the gym all the time and eating right and like proving to myself that I could do it gave me the confidence to go in there for the first time. And that was probably the biggest non-scale victory. What do you think has been a bigger factor in your weight loss journey, food or exercise? Ooh, we got this question from a listener, right? We did. Um, so I definitely think the biggest factor is nutrition but and the food. But going back to that, again, it's kind of hard for me to say that because a lot of times I'm literally eating right because I want to fuel myself for the exercise. And that's just because that's my personality and, you know, I try to fully dedicate myself to something if I'm going to do it. So, you know, for example, right now, if I am going to go to a jiu-jitsu class, I want to make sure that I get up in time to have my food and eat the right thing so that the carbs and stuff so that I have so I'm ready to go. Um, but overall, I think for everyone, the nutrition should be the biggest aspect because that's what's going to keep you healthy your calories in versus calorie out is what is going to make you lose weight. And that's what's really important. And that's what has got me to where I am now. So what about you? What's been the, what's been the biggest for you? Nutrition or, or exercise? It's really hard because like, I, I know the answer would be nutrition, but I really feel like I don't lose weight easily without exercising too. I just feel like my body like really responds well when I do both perfectly together yeah um if I just have one or the other it I just don't see the same results the same level of results yeah and I think we have both proved that you can't outwork a bad diet yeah a hundred times (laughs) (laughs) so like I'm the poster boy for you can't outwork a bad diet in that I trained for a half marathon, ran a half marathon, was doing jiu-jitsu three days a week, and lifting weights probably four days a week. Like, the example of overtraining, and I still, in that, like, four-month period, gained, I think, 13 pounds. I've never lost weight training for a race, ever, not one time. Yeah, and realistically, you know, if you want to get down to the, like, the brass tacks of it, like, you really shouldn't lose weight. No. I mean, you should, if you're doing that, you should be eating to fuel your body to Mm -hmm. maintain it. But just that high of a calorie output and gaining Mm -hmm. that much weight over a short period of time, you know, I was throwing down some food. Yeah. And at that point, I mean, I really did let the diet go out the window. That's probably the least in control I've been. Mm -hmm. And it was because in my mind, you know, I'm doing all this extra. I should be able to eat extra. Well, eating extra is like, it's not 3,500 calories a day. You know, that's excess, not extra. I think both of us have that toxic trait where we are abstainers and not moderators. Yeah. And um, we definitely could work on that moderation. Yeah, we could definitely do that. I mean, my biggest thing is still, you know, moderation on the weekends. Yeah. I mean, because I can be dialed in 100% Monday through Thursday, Monday through Friday, not a problem. It comes in, you know, put myself in a 3,000 calorie deficit for the week and then eat that extra 3,000 calories on Saturday between chicken wings and french fries and beer and all this other stuff. So, you know, finding a balance is still something that I'm working on um, to this point, like finding a balance you know, when I do let my hair down, so to say, found it finding a balance of, okay, let's do this in moderation and not just throw down because we have a free day. Um, you know, today, perfect example, I kept my cheat day or cheat meal to one specific meal and a dessert, you know, well within my calorie deficit for the week. So what does your meal like what's your meals looking like now for anybody who is curious like what are you doing to maintain your weight loss at this point yeah so my meals have really evolved so i started with that 21 day fix then i 
moved to, I was taking just like uh, um, deli sandwiches to work every day, like a ham sandwich and stuff. And then I switched to, um, then I switched to more of like a bodybuilding style of diet with chicken and, and rice and all that kind of stuff. And that's really where I'm at today. Again, it's come back around is I got a trainer. It's been almost a year now since I got a personal trainer, um, who does my nutrition and fitness programming. And right now I eat, I think like six times a day. Um, most of those are small meals throughout the day to keep me full and get my um, protein and carbs in before and after my workouts and even before bed. So um, to maintain my weight loss right now, I am staying pretty strict on a nutrition plan uh, because I do um, enjoy the sport of bodybuilding and that's what I'm enjoying doing now I, I'm not competing or anything but I am training that style so I'm eating that style as well um, plus I am doing jiu-jitsu a couple days a week and that really is it's a high calorie output but I'm also taking in quite a bit as well So what, like, you've set goals for yourself. You set a goal to lose 100 pounds. What are your goals currently? So my goals currently is, again, to do something that's really hard, right? And I push myself down till I'm in, you know, the 220s, uh, low 220s, like 220, 219. But since I have really gotten into this bodybuilding-type training, it's got me to the point where I really want to push it down to, to get a low body fat and see, I really want to see the body that I've built over the last five years, right? I've done all this work and I've never gotten lean enough to see what I've been able to do. So I think if I was able to get down to like 200, 199, get to that wonderland mark, um, I would be at a pretty low body fat percentage and you know, make that like my fake, my fake stage, you know, I'm not getting up on a stage in a speedo, but, uh, I could definitely see what I look like at that point. So, I mean, I hope to do that around, um, the new year, like around our anniversary time. Um, so that would be 20 pounds in a couple months here. And I, and I think it's doable, uh, but it will, you know, the farther you get down into that, uh, lower body fat percentage, the harder it gets. So, yeah, I mean, those are some pretty lofty goals you set there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, you know, like we were talking about, I do have an action plan. Um, so one of those things is I have reduced the amount of times that I'm consuming alcohol because I know that that ends in me consuming more calories and food as well. Um, so I've put parameters on that. Um, I've put parameters on doing my cardio, how much I'm going to do per week and um i've just really dialed in my exercise and nutrition uh, so that i can hit that point so does this mean we can run together no oh well dang i hate running i, I know run. why did you just say you're gonna do some extra cardio and not i mean i do have cardio it's 30 minutes a day like five days a week yeah but that doesn't mean I want to go run with you because you are crazy when it comes to running. I don't really feel like I, I feel like I'm more of a leisurely runner. Like it's a jog, it's a good time, conversational, you know, pace. You're not out of breath the whole time. Yeah, five to seven miles is not a good time. Well, I haven't even ran that far in a while, so at this point you could run farther than me, I think. I highly doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> what are your goals? What do you want to do? You started um, a whole 30 today? I did start a whole 30. Um, so I guess my first goal is completing this whole 30. <laughs> um, but I, I would like to lose 15 pounds. I feel like I would be pretty comfortable at, at that weight. Um, and I would like to just get stronger. I'd like to see like my squat go up 
and also improve my form on my squat um, and maybe see my deadlift go up as well. Yeah, we're working on the squat form yeah. day by day. It's pretty ugly. Yeah, so you are doing a little powerlifting stuff, getting into that? Yeah, um, I enjoy I enjoy powerlifting. Um, I, I did not like the bodybuilding plans. Um, they just were not for me. I did CrossFit for a while, and I really fell in love with like barbell movements from that. Yeah, and so you are running a... Uh, Kaizen training plan which I have done as well because um, I mean powerlifting was really my first love I mean I like I like the heavy weights I like lifting them um, but long term it was a little bit hard on my body I think but it was good to build that foundation mm-hmm. it was good to help speed my metabolism in that I was able to pack on a, a really good foundation of muscle which is burning more calories. Um, so I think in the long term, that will definitely help you and your just like metabolism in general. Well, I just like seeing your PRs go up. Like there's nothing more satisfying than knowing that you could lift more weights than you could the last time you did the movement. So I think that's just one of those things you get that gratification from. Yeah. Um, and we kind of had this conversation the other day that – I mean, powerlifting is very quantitative in you either lifted more than you did six months ago or you didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a PR, you didn't. Where bodybuilding is, you know, I have a weak spot, which is my lats. Do you think they look bigger? Because I don't. You know, like you're just looking and, and kind of, you know, is it bigger, is it not? Do I look better, do I, do I not? And, um, you know, that can that can even really cause some, like, body dysmorphia kind of issues because you're constantly examining yourself and your muscles and all this kind of stuff. Well, and if you, have, if you have a bad day and you just have too much sodium, your body doesn't look the same as it, it actually is. Yeah, you're bloated and your yeah. belly's all distended and it's like, ugh, I've, I just did six months work, worth of work for nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's it can quickly just kind of kick you in the gut. Whereas when, like, running and, like, other types of lifting, you can tell you're getting better. You know, it's paying off. You're seeing some results. Yeah, for sure. I mean, those those quantitative things where they're really measurable, um, you know, they are just in your face. They just show you if you got better or you didn't. Yeah, 100%. So, what would you say to somebody who diet starts Monday and it's the 100th time diet starts Monday and they've just never been able to fully get invested in their weight loss journey? Yeah, so I would say a couple things to them. First would be, what's your plan? Like, you need a solid plan moving forward. The second thing would be, what's your why? Like, why do you, you want to do this? Is it for, like, a, a surface level type thing, like, looking better? Or is it, like, a deeper thing that's going to fuel you on those days whenever your motivation runs out? And then, really, the last thing is making sure that they don't overdo it, you know? Um, and so we kind of talked about the plan. Like, how are you going to execute it? And then when it comes to finding your why... Um, that why is going to be what pushes you through on the hard days, the days you don't want to get up off the couch, the days you need the self-discipline, right? And if your why is I want to look good at the beach, you know, that sleeping in for an extra hour or two might be more important than that. But if your why is I've got three kids and I want to be here and you know, watch them succeed and grow up, then you're probably not going to stay on the couch. Not saying that looking good is a bad thing. Um, you can definitely want that, but you really need something that is going to drive you forward. Um, and then the last thing I was talking about is making small changes. So like how many people have you heard that say diet starts Monday 
and I'm going to be on a whole new meal plan. I'm going to work out five times a week. I'm going to hit cardio three days, and then that's just not sustainable for their lifestyle. You know, you hear that all the time. So, you know, why can't it be I'm going to cut out liquid calories, I'm going to exercise three days a week for 30 minutes, and I'm going to commit to those two things for a week or two weeks. And then after that, add a little bit more each time. And if you think about it, that's really what we did. I mean, we went with the 21-day fix, a little bit of exercise, going to the gym a couple days a week, and just built and evolved it since then. Well, let's go back to that finding your why, because we don't have kids. Nope. And I know you've talked about it before. You're doing this for like our future family and being yeah. able to be around long-term. But I think there's just something for like short-term value of just feeling good and feeling better you know not necessarily for the long term but you feel better when you're eating right and going to exercising consistently like that difference in how you feel is just so much better yeah so like my wide long term like you said is for my family right at the 350 pounds when they said I wasn't going to have a long life like I instantly start thinking of you and the kids I hope we have one day and my parents. Like, you know, I don't want my parents to outlive me, you know. Um, That is like my long-term why, but I mean, there are other great benefits that keep me wanting to go back for more. So my, my ability athletically, you know, like I love that feeling to be able to go and and lift the weights and like if I need to run a mile I can and it's like not a problem and I didn't have that ability before and so just that physical ability but also the mental you know being able to push boundaries like unlike I've ever been able to do before like that's it's almost kind of like a high and so when I might not want to do something it's just another challenge for me to face and in that's kind of like a why too. Like my why is to show myself that I'm better, to keep improving myself day after day after day after day. Yeah, I th- and I think those are that's a really good why, and I think I can see why it keeps you moving forward. Yeah. Um, why have you done the stuff that you've done? Well, Michael, this podcast was not supposed to be <laughs> about me at all. Um, I'm dragging you in. I know. I, I did not sign up for this, FYI. Um, I think that my why is kind of what I said it, of, you know, just feeling better. Um, anytime that I take some time off from the gym or kind of get busy and, like, let my eating kind of go off track, I feel bad. Like, it, it's a noticeable difference, and I have no idea how I ever lived the lifestyle I did before I started eating healthier and working out consistently. Um, so I think just that constantly feeling good, being healthy, um, being able to go out and jog with my mom. I don't, I don't keep up with my mom. My mom has run the Boston Marathon five times. She's very fast, very athletic. Um, but just being able to go out for a jog with her. You know, I remember growing up and I went on a run with her once and I never went back with her and she never invited me back because I I couldn't keep up. But, you know, now I've put in the work. I'm in better shape. Like, I can go out and run with her. Um, So it's just being able to just pick up and do things um, like we used to do mud races um, that were obstacle courses, three miles long, like 20 obstacles, something I couldn't have done before um, that I could do after changing my lifestyle and just you know being able to do any challenge that comes my way and not being afraid to yeah. you know there's certain things I'm definitely still intimidated by but for the most part you can sign me up for almost anything like race obstacle course type of thing and I'm, I'm just going to give it my best shot which before I could not do yeah and I mean I can see you as a young kid running with Pam and being a quarter mile in, it's like, Mom, I need a Reese cup and a chair. What's <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Um, but it was one of those things where she said that it looked like, like, I begged her. I was like, Mom, I want to run with you. I want to run with you. And where I live, it's not like there's sidewalks or anything like that. We were running down that, you know, two-lane busy road that you've seen 
her rundown before, and she she said that it looked like child abuse, (laughs) (laughs) that she forced me to go with her or something. Well, what really probably was child abuse was my dad making me run and following (laughs) me with the lawnmower (laughs) and telling me if I stopped, he was going to run me over. That's, yeah, I'm sure that was quite the sight, but... In Somerset, it was just another day. <laughs> yeah, that's just a, that's just another day in Hillbilly, USA. <laughs> so you you're here now. We're doing this podcast. What what made you take this big leap of faith in starting a podcast? So going into this whole thing, up until like a year ago, I didn't use a coach. I didn't use anything but. The resources that I could find on podcasting, YouTube, um, and then just like the content creators that I was following on social media. And without their help, like I couldn't have made a change. So I just was always drawn to podcasting. And, you know, I just thought like, I've said this a bunch of times, but success is contagious. And I just hope that my success can help someone else. I'm definitely not the smartest person. I don't know the most about nutrition or the most about exercise, but I do know some things, and those things that I know, if I can help share them and talk to other people about their stories and and I can get their information, learn stuff from them, then hopefully the audience will get something out of it and um, hopefully we can help change people, you know, Help, help help them help themselves, right? I mean, because you're not coming to this podcast because someone's making you. You're coming to it to get some motivation, learn something, and hopefully change your life. You know, hopefully you're uh, staying hungry for success, right? And this podcast is motivating you. You know, that's kind of the plan. If I can motivate and teach people or help them learn and help them be successful on their journey, then, you know, that's what this whole thing's about. And again, going back to confidence is I've talked about how much confidence I've gained, but I mean, I still have a lot more to go. I mean, you can vouch for this, that I've talked about doing a podcast for three years or so. I mean, this is not something that I just popped in my mind one day and did, but I was too worried about what other people thought um, to just take the leap and do it. Yeah, and here you are, you know, you set your you set your mind to this and here you are doing it. So it's pretty cool to see it all come together and watch you um, you know. Watch me flourish. <laughs> <laughs> no, it it's been cool to see you put this all together, interview people and and hear their stories and, you know, give them the opportunity to share what they've been doing. Yeah, I think that's been the best part of it so far is is meeting people, learning about them, and, and all the struggles that they've been through and how they have overcome them. Like, that's one thing I've definitely learned is that, like, people are much stronger than they give themselves credit for, and they overcome a lot of stuff to get to where they are in this, this part in their journey. Have you noticed any patterns with um, all your guests? Yeah, all of the guests have talked about a mindset shift and it's weird because I haven't been able to get to get to the root of it and I do think it's different from everyone and for myself like Nike's probably going to sue me for using their slogan but I always say just do it and that was literally the mindset shift in me was I don't want to get off this couch it's easier just to lay here but I just have to do it I just have to put my feet on the ground I just have to stand up and I just have to put one foot in front of the other one foot in front of the other and other people have different things, right? Like, you know, they had really negative self-talk and they put themselves down and in depression and they had to start talking positively to themselves. And everyone has a different thing. And it's all that light bulb moment happens for for everyone differently. But this is my thing. If I wouldn't have tried those hundred times, then I wouldn't have got to time 101 where that light bulb went off. So if you're trying and if you're a diet starts Monday person and you failed the last 50 times, like try 51, keep going until it works because it eventually will. It'll eventually catch on. You'll make enough mistakes and learn from enough. 
as long as you're putting in the work and like really really trying to figure out what you have to do really working on yourself at some point you'll be successful yeah and I think what you said earlier falling in love with the process is such a huge part of it because if you're not following a meal plan you hate you're gonna quit it eventually like find a way to incorporate your favorite meals or like recreate a healthier version of it Mm -hmm. you know find a form of exercise that you really like because if you hate it there's gonna come a day where you're gonna be like I don't want to do this anymore yeah and don't be afraid to like change it up and try something new because you know it could be like you trying jujitsu and absolutely falling in love with it and now it's like you're not letting anything get in the way of that yeah falling in love with the process is one of the biggest tips i could give anybody because the process never ends i mean i'm i'm five plus years into this and still struggle every day because you know i mean genetics or whatever it's always going to be part of my life. It's always going to be something in the back of my mind. I have to work on it forever, essentially. So if I don't enjoy this process, then I'm not going to be successful in the long term. Yeah, I like we've said, huge. I think another important thing is you make time for what's important to you. So if you do not make fitness, if that's what you're trying to do, or you know, dieting, your priority you're not going to make time for it in your day-to-day you know like if if you have a favorite tv show you make sure all your stuff is done before 8 p.m when that show comes on so you can watch it in real time but if you know you're not putting your fitness or your healthy lifestyle first you're not going to make time for it because you're gonna prioritize other things like um housework um schoolwork work whatever that is that you're going to put first like at some point you kind of have to make it your priority if you really want to make that change long term yeah I mean it's like Rodney my second guest we did a podcast at five o'clock in the morning because he has kids and he wanted to get a workout in the podcast done um, before his kids got up and they went and did whatever they were going to do for the day you know and that's his way of making himself a priority i'm not saying everybody has to get up at four o'clock in the morning but if your kids go to bed at nine o'clock you know set your schedule nine to ten p.m is workout time or whatever you have to do um you just have to set some non-negotiables like you said with me jujitsu i'm not letting anything get in the way of it you know if that was lifting for me or nutrition it would be like from on Sunday from two to whatever two to five those three hours it's a non-negotiable I'm here at my house doing meal prep nothing's getting in the way of that you know like you have to you have to make those things a priority if you want to be successful and the way I think about it is if you don't make yourself a priority and you don't keep yourself healthy then you're not going to be around Do you remember the time we were at the Arnold and you almost made it on Mark Bell's podcast? <laughs> I do. Uh, Mark Bell was definitely probably one of like my biggest like uh, um, people that I listened to and got information from and stuff. And he did interview me about my weight loss uh, on a little video um, at the Arnold. And I was so stoked to see it on his youtube and for it to come out and be able to share it and i must not have been a good talker because it did (laughs) not get aired well i was heartbroken you've made it now you got your own you got your own podcast now i got my own podcast doing big things yeah pretty cool well michael let's leave your listeners with three big takeaways like what are your bit three biggest tips you can get people uh, my three biggest tips are um, probably like I said so said before. So have a action plan of how you're going to accomplish your goals. Find a solid why, and then fall in love with the process and make it something that you enjoy. Um, those three things together 
um, in my opinion, will make you successful. That's what's made me successful and uh, kept me going on this journey. Well, Michael, I think those are pretty solid tips for anybody getting started, anybody who is kind of in the middle of their journey and maybe um, needing some motivation to keep going. So that is all I have for you as far as questions go. I hope I did not mess up your pod too bad. Yeah, I think I only lost like three listeners because you. Hmm. Well, hopefully you can gain three more. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's it. Thank you for listening to the Hungry for Success podcast. Uh, Make sure that you smash that subscribe button on your podcast app and head over to our Instagram at Hungry for Success podcast. Give that a follow for all the up-to-date content. And as always, stay hungry, my friends. Chase those goals. And uh, we will be back next week with a brand new episode. See you, bye. All right, we are back. I know the suspense was probably killing you. We took a golf club and our guard dog, Tucker, upstairs. No intruder, so we probably just have a ghost. Um, But without further ado, we are back on.